have you guys ever thrown out your back? This is a new thing for me, but I think I threw out my back and somewhere in these heat patches. <laughs> they, so th- there's a new drug for that. Perhaps you've heard of it called fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my Butterfinger Manny soaking in it right now uh. for you know this weekend. Oh, this shit hurts. <laughs> and the heat patch, you're only, it's like wearing a, a you know, one of the vests where it's like your arms are kind of cold. Right. But your torso yeah. is really hot. My back is so hot. The rest of everything is freezing because it's cold here now. Real, real hot girl shit is keeping yeah. uh, keeping the tiger <laughs> palm on deck. Yeah. <laughs> what was that that Shaq used to endorse? Uh, Icy hot. Icy hot, yeah. Spe- yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Shaq, so the this show, this episode, has obviously got like two sides like two teams right like um Haley you're a Louisville fan I take it I assume right yeah thank you for assuming that I yeah. wasn't sure if <laughs> well you know everyone was aware of that today <laughs> but I didn't want to risk not being invited uh-huh and then Tom obviously UK fan so you got I gotta balance this out a little bit and I thought I might I think I'm gonna I think I'm a hilltopper I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, mostly because they have the best mascot in the state, I think. Um, that is probably inarguable, to be perfectly honest. What's a, what's Transylvania's uh, mascot? It's the Pioneer, but mm. what a branding opportunity they've blown by not leaning into the mm-hmm. Halloween shit. Right. Although, I think they are leaning into it more because they are the Pioneers, but their mascot's a bat. Uh, so. they, they should be the... The blood suckers. I think that is a great <laughs> mascot. And well, uh, one Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, was the chancellor and an alumni there. Yeah, a blood. Sucker. So kind of <laughs> goes right sucker. in with the history. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I like it. Well, so, so where where Shaq ties into this? <laughs> this is like you know that game we played where it's like you Wikipedia, like trying to get from one thing to yeah. the next and like. However many steps. Yeah. It's like Jefferson Davis to Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Go. <laughs> well, um I, I don't know what the connect what the connective tissue here would be necessarily between Transylvania and Western Kentucky, WKU. But WKU apparently just cut funding to a lot of its humanities program programs. However, they just brought in one DJ Diesel to perform for their like tailgate party for their uh, home know, football. Do you know who DJ Diesel is? I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't I know. Who the fuck? I didn't know that like Shaq was out here like trying to revive his career, you know, his rapping career. Like No, what? it's even worse. I've seen him. Wow. You've seen the I've Diesel seen him live? live? Yeah, I was at a um I was in LA for the Super Bowl. And my friend and I went to this carnival that we got tickets to just because they'll give you tickets to the worst stuff for free um, if you are in sports at all. And sometimes it is fun, but most of the time it's not. Um, And this is an example of the latter. And so it's a carnival put on by Shaq. And (laughs) so, of course, he's headlining it. And he is playing like... Just the most 2014 songs. Not even far back enough that you're like, oh, I haven't heard this song in forever. You're still hating the sound of it because of how much it played on the radio. Right. 
And I distinctly remember at that uh, at that venue, you could only get like Bud Light Aritas. What do you call them? Like the Lime Aritas? Lime Aritas. Margarita. You could Bud only Light. get the Bud Light Margaritas. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we're drinking them. I'm just like, my stomach is sloshing. I don't even <laughs> want to be in there. Like, I don't want to. But, you know, I see this guy. He's pretty cute. He comes up and starts talking to me. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is, there's a happy ending after all. And this isn't all for waste. It was Shaq. Shaq came up to you. <laughs> Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> that man, folks. I think, I think I know. <laughs> He's everywhere. Um, which is kind of true because he is in every commercial. You're like, yeah. how many things are you sponsoring? And then he also right. owns so many random restaurants. Anyway, this guy's like, oh, is this your first time seeing uh, D's? <laughs> the d's and i said is this your first time seeing him and he said no i went and saw him in miami a month ago and i literally took my friend and i walked out the damn door he's so, like he has deadheads he has like there's dead guy, yeah there's guys following the diesel around like deadheads <laughs> sure enough Oh shit! I hope that like they they like are like kind of have the deadhead aesthetic too. Uh-huh. Just, that's just their thing. They follow the diesel around. What well, selling so, bootleg shirts in the parking lot? Th- is it is DJ Diesel? Is it um, is it him rapping or is it him like DJing? DJing. Oh, he's, he's just DJing. So it, does he have like a record? Does he come in with like a crate of records, and he's like spinning like 1984 UK house music like? Jungle I beat. wish it was that. I wish it was that interesting. No, I mean it's really just like what you heard on the radio from 2014 to 2016. He's Turn like playing like he's playing like "Down" by Jay Sean and shit like that. It's so <laughs> yeah. you're telling me it's Shaq with an ox court, basically. Hundred percent. That's yeah. well. And I saw Liz Cambage, a WNBA player at in New York, like a couple months before that, and it was even worse. Somehow, even worse. Amazing. I was, a, yeah. So I mean, a lot of but a lot of NBA players do the. <laughs> DJ thing. Uh, Andre Drummond did it for a while. I never saw him, but I heard he was bad too. It's interesting that it's only guys with prohibitively huge hands for like scratching <laughs> that like d- choose that. They can that they can like hustle. palm the entire record like a basketball. Yeah, it's and, not like, like JJ Barea out there like <laughs> normal size hands. It's Andre Drummond, Shaq, <laughs> which might be to their detriment. Might be a correlation yeah. between that and shooting free throws. You're, sometimes your hands are just too big. Right. That's true. You know, That's it's. True. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna give that much money to an artist while you are simultaneously cutting funding to other programs, you would expect like I mean, I could maybe justify it if it was um, I I don't know uh, like the hologram for Tupac or something like that. If they were like we have a ho- Tupac hologram, I'd be like, all right, this was worth losing you know 50 gra- humanities <laughs> grants but it's just shack with an ox cord i, I don't know that, did you do you know how much they're paying him did you say it was like a quarter million dollars <laughs> yeah what one time so i went to university of texas and um one time shack came to the university of texas and in the 90s Shaq had a video game called Shaq Fu, and um, right where he like fought. It was kind of like Mortal Kombat, but he fought the mummies. And yeah, shit. yeah. <laughs> yeah like he had is to he run the gamut of fighting Egyptian gods. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. He is. He's in it. And um, 
he he I don't know he was doing like some press conference I think he it wasn't a press conference I think he was giving like a I think he was trying to be a motivational speaker in the 2000s like in the aughts and so he was giving a speech on campus and I don't know one of my friends like I guess he was taking questions at the end and one of my friends asked him like uh do you care to comment on Shaq Fu like what what do you think about Shaq Fu and he paused for a couple of seconds and he just said Shaq Fu yo mama bitch and that was <laughs> <laughs> damn. What was? His- I mean, he is funny. Then, then, yeah. so I don't mind him being around and in and around everything. Right. I do think a quarter of a million dollars might be a little bit steep yeah. for a funny DJ. Um, speaking of musical artists, you know, genius musical artists who are trying to like revamp their career in a in a new way. I, I've I've had to be at the vet lately because we have like a sick cat at home and so i was at the vet for like two hours yesterday and they had hgtv on and i don't know if y'all have heard about this show but lil john has a show on hgtv called lil john does what i think that's what it was called it's called Uh (laughs) (laughs) um it's yeah Little John wants to do what? That's what it's called. Little John wants to do what? Like with a, a play on his his yeah that you, you you that's just all you heard from like 2007. Yeah, to 2002. Right. the premise well, what, of this what show. What does he do? The, so the, this is the premise of the show. It's kind of like Pimp My Ride, but it's with like McMansions in like the Atlanta suburbs, and Little John comes to your house, that you know you're you've gutted it you're either trying to resell it or you just want to renovate it. And little John comes to your house and comes up with the craziest ideas. And I <laughs> not mean, little John, like little John, <laughs> what you would expect. And like one idea that he had was a playroom for this couple's kids that had a slide coming down from the attic. You went up to the attic and got in this like loop de loop slide that went down it went down into this playroom that was half Swiss chalet themed and half Narnia themed. It was it, like, it's the most like weird mashup of ideas you could possibly imagine. And like constantly the, the show is literally him running ideas by these homeowners, them hating the ideas. He gets depressed. His co-host has to like talk him out of his depression and then the and then the homeowners come around to it, and then he tries to implement his ideas, like with the Narnia Swiss chalet themed room. He put like eight doors in one room, and made the project go way over budget. They had no idea how to like, <laughs> like what to do with this. It's like it's, it's the vet's like calling you to bring Samson back. You're like, hold on a second, I gotta see. Like, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta do this. <laughs> He's putting those 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 barn doors, you know, the sliding barn doors. Everybody's at every every single house he does. He wants to put in a bar, like a uh, like uh, some music themed bar. Like he got a piano and turned that into a bar. Um, like every single house, because like I, I think he might have his own vodka or something, and then he like stocks the bar. Wasn't he here a little little Louisville tie-in? Wasn't he briefly the creative director of Papa John's? Like sort of <laughs> oh, like was he like John Schnatter <laughs> post John Schnatter exile for like eight seconds? I I don't remember that. Um, 
if they could have saved face that way, that could have been their attempt. That would be in line with a man. I have the funniest stories about him. But wait, where did you say that? Uh, you said this was in Atlanta. Yeah, he, they should get him to do the cop playground. <laughs> he can design it. <laughs> they really should. Like, t- like little tunnels that you can crawl through, and it's slides everywhere. <laughs> Doors, just many doors. No one's ever going to get anywhere. Uh, Narnia (laughs) themes. Narnia themed cop playground in Atlanta. Love the idea of little John being a C.S. Lewis guy. (laughs) I know. And they didn't do him justice because, like, his co host kept calling it the Hobbit Hole. And he was like, no, this is Narnia. This is not Lord of the Rings. Like, (laughs) yeah, you're fucking with the vision, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Damn it. it's, It's pretty great. Um. Well, okay. Let's let's formally start the show today. Um, today, <laughs> on today's show, we have with us a very special guest, um, Haley O'Shaughnessy. Did I say your last name right? Mm-hmm. Is that Irish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe <Yes>. the most. <laughs> but Scott's I do Irish. love when people are like, "Is that Italian?" That's hilarious. <laughs> I hope people keep saying that's me till the end of time. Yeah. Um. Haley, you have a podcast, or you did, right? Like it is I did, now yeah. ended. We just ended it. Um, I I was gonna. What I was like, I don't. There's really nothing to introduce me as anymore. I was just on True Hoop, and they were like, "Well, what do you want us to introduce?" I've got nothing. Yeah, that's so. good. That's that's liberating. <laughs> that's like uh, you're a free agent. Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. Just in case any of my. Uh, uh, extended family members listen to Chobillies. I won't go into my extensive plans to be uh, unemployed and relax for a while. Um, but that is the that is the plan, yeah. I mean, I started doing this when I was 22, and I'm just pretty wiped. Yeah. You used to, you used to be at The Ringer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, back in yeah. the day. Yeah, I think that was my first exposure to you. Like, maybe... Five six years ago or something like that. That was my first. That was my first like a uh, job job. And well, I mean, I was waitressing before that, but I got out of college and uh, I thought you, you usually you have to go to like a, and be a beat reporter for a team. Yeah. And one of my friends was doing. It, I was watching from afar, and I was watching him go to fly to every game, and I thought that would be awful. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to do, like maybe sales or something. Nothing was really working out. And then the, the ringer just called and I don't know. And then you get your dream job at 22 and then, it, you know, you and then you're seven ruined. years goes by and you're bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. At 22, I was working at a UPS store having people scream at me for <laughs> shipping prices. So, you know, it's we're, same, we all yeah. meet in the same parallels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'd finally, I'd finally got the call up to be on Spinsters, you know, making my matriculation from the minor leagues to being a serious hoops pundit, you know, and then, and then the show ended. No, I know. Close the, close the door. So I was like, no, (laughs) no, but it was great. And, uh, it's good to have you, Haley. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it guys. Yeah. Um, so there's a few things I wanted to cover today. Um, First of all, I saw, I saw, yeah, so there's a few things, actually, most of which all come from the New York Times. Um, so, Haley, you're in Louisville. Uh, would you consider yourself a y'all star? <laughs> you know, it's kind of tough. When I first 
heard you guys use the term. I had to listen to a, a pr- more previous episode to really understand what it meant. You had to dig through the lore. Yeah, basically. God, and then when it when I it, when I understood, I was like, God damn it, I might be sometimes <laughs> because because when I was in L.A., there was this shift kind of where it was like at first little things that you would say and do, you know, that were. I grew up in Indiana a lot. My family's from Kentucky. Came back here for college. Um, that were, you know, people pointed out, and made fun of, and certain words and whatever. And then you come back and you're like, actually, fuck you guys. This stuff is funny and good. And uh, so then you lean into it. And I was like, oh, did I lean into it too much? Mm. <laughs> Am I y'all starring? You know what I mean? So right. I really had a reflection look in the mirror moment. Now, I will say I own no possum merch. <laughs> um, I uh, What's another thing I'm actively doing to change, to be part of the change? This is y'all star rehab. It's <laughs> an intervention. Exactly. You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I think there is one thing that that I remember you saying one time that I think is disqualifying for the All Star thing is it was a ringer thing, and I don't know why I remember this. I think it was just because we're both from Kentucky, and I was like, "Oh, this person's from Kentucky." And it was a debate about whether Kentucky was the South or not. And you, at the time, weighed in and said, "No, it feels a little more Midwest." To me, it probably that's probably true if you grew up in Louisville, even though like Louisville has all the trappings of like a southern state, but it feels a little more like Cincinnati moved to Mississippi a little bit, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you'd you had you had came down on the side that Kentucky's the Midwest, which is in direct opposition to the Y'all Star stance. So I think you're, I think really truly you're spared. Now, Tom, you're giving me a little bit too much credit because I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And my argument was it's none of them. It's a hybrid uh, of all of them. I like Because oh, okay, it is truly, it touches the the second most states of any state, right? Right. So how can you expect the small little states to not have influence from the from like West Virginia, right? Right. From Tennessee, uh-huh, Ohio. Yeah. And so, yeah, of course, like... Northern Kentucky, where some of my mom's family's at, Louisville, probably feels the Ohio a little bit more. Ohio, Indiana section of it. But yeah, I was firmly like, you can't just call it the South. That's ridiculous. Right. Right. So, okay, right. good. Then I'm <laughs> Um Taryn, did you ask me that because you were you were wanting me to address it? Uh yeah, I was one I want you to do some a little bit of self reflection. Right. This show is all about <laughs> So. It's been a really humbling beginning. Yeah, get our, get our guests on and then uh, I check them. Yes. That's what we do. Yeah, not like uh, one of the things I'm working on in therapy right now is uh, the first five years of this show being such a mean, petty asshole, coming up with things like y'all star, and uh, trying to forgive myself for um, sowing division among people in the state because i you know have that much influence that i've i've sowed so much division um you know though (laughs) i do think it's it's good to have a term for it because sometimes i think it's a little bit like when you're a cowboys fan but you're not from anywhere that has to do like you're a you're a lebron you're a yankees fan a cowboys fan um, an America's fan, team guy. You're an America's team, yeah, and because you know it's like the the trendy 
thing or whatever. And for whatever reason, I was just talking to my friend about this. It's very trendy. Yeah. Well, to be country right now. It, it I don't really understand is. it, but you see it everywhere. Well, there was uh, the reason I the real reason I asked you is because there's an article in the New York Times called "Y'all the most inclusive of all pronouns." The South's default collective form of address is the best of the American vernacular. And I don't know anything about the writer. Um, Who's the writer? Uh, Maud Newton. <laughs> that fam- name familiar? It's a hell of a name. <laughs> um, I guess their first book is called Ancestor Trouble. But what 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 I think is interesting is why and how y'all became the site of conflict for so much discourse. Like it became the object around all of this discourse began. It's very strange. Like this article, for example, the way it starts out is it starts out by talk by the the writer grew up in Miami to like a racist father and like the racist father used the term y'all a lot and so they ascribed racist connotations and intentions to the word y'all but then they moved out of the south and moved up north and started finding other people using the word y'all this article is literally about seven paragraphs it's like 700 word count and then they became more open-minded about the word y'all and then they came around to the word y'all to accept it as a normal part of their it's like a story it's a journey of self-discovery kind of like what we're doing right now it's it's self-discovery and self-reflection and I think that's a beautiful thing, honestly. What's Maude got to say about it? Um, they said, my assumptions about y'all were muddled at best. Its origins were mysterious. Um, while the term could have originated with Scots-Irish immigrants, there are reasons Hell to... Hell sus- yeah, baby. Though <laughs> 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 um, a Southern term, it's emblematic of the messiness and heterogene- heterogeneity of American English. A language both inspiringly polyglot and marked by an ugly history. Of course, I didn't know any of that. My resistance to y'all began to fade only in my mid-twenties when I lived in Tallahassee after law school. Okay, so they moved north from Miami to Tallahassee. You know, that'll, that might do it. Um, but then... Um, yeah, Miami not really a y'all hotbed, necessarily. It's more like the capital of Latin America. <laughs> but like, definitely a little rednecky. My dad's from Miami. Like, it, it, it parts, but yeah, it's more of a... Yeah. North Florida, Central Florida thing. Yeah, Caribbean. Yeah. Um, when I eventually moved to Brooklyn, I was relieved to live in a place where no one tried to carry my bag at the end of the workday, and the Civil War monuments I passed honored the Union rather than the Confederacy. I reverted to the you guys of my youth, conforming to dominant New York New Yorker ways. Ugh. But it wasn't the satisfying <laughs> linguistic homecoming I'd expected. Um... It, living in the city, meanwhile, upended all my conceptions about what my ancestors' preferred collective form of address meant, far from being a niche southern phrase that already had a home here. <laughs> I might not hear it much in the Brooklyn neighborhoods where I've lived, but it resounded in bed shops. Um, anyways, you know, that's really literally it. And then says, oh, and so, on a bitterly cold night at my local dog run with some friends, I worked up the nerve to say it. As the word left my mouth, I worried I sounded like a caricature of the South. One I've discovered lives in my own head, just as it does the heads of Southerners, or Northerners. 
but my friends took it in stride. True, they haven't started using y'all yet, but I'll keep evangelizing for this idiom that welcomes anyone who finds a home in it. Um, I, you know, uh, it's just strange. In Eastern Kentucky, y'all is not a word. I mean, right? I mean, I don't... Well, that's, the th- that's the interesting thing about the Scots-Irish sort of origin myth is like that's mostly the people that colonize like you know eastern kentucky and southeast tennessee southwest virginia southwest tennessee southwest virginia and it's not really was never really part of the vernacular Uh it's kind of like even when i say it it's a bit of an affectation i think because i didn't really grow up with that i grew up with just like you all you all yeah you all you know, yeah. right. Whereas you know, my friends from a little further south would definitely would definitely say it. You know, well, which is interesting that like, I'm just saying it's interesting that like the whole Appalachian scene has sort of ran with it as like a, <laughs> you know, a liberated uh, part of cause celebrate or whatever. You know, it's, right. it's 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 weird. Yeah, but that is the same thing that I'm talking about. It's very, it's it's trendy now. It's a trendy word. It, um, it is. I it's always a little bit weird when you see people you know write a word that you know they wouldn't say and so i think even like two years ago i picked up on that with the y'all you know i'm like you're from michigan right but i also think it's really funny in that article that um they liken someone carrying your bag for you at the end of a long work day to a confederate monument because those are the same (laughs) yeah two two very similar experiences yeah yeah well, and I really like that the climax is like, am I going to say it? Am I going to say it? Like, and then it, you know. <laughs> it's, it lets it fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know but, what? I, I do wonder, though, because I've been thinking about how do you, like, sort of think about all these things together. Like, like, does the proliferation of y'all have to do with the SEC having these, like, massive TV contracts? You know, okay. and like the ascendancy of like Dr. Pepper and Duke's mayonnaise. You know what I mean? Like, what does, how does all this stuff related? Like, is it, and is there some sort of sinister undertone to it? You know what I mean? Like, how far away are we from like sort of a, you know, some sort of like plantation cosplay stuff sort are, of being in the, ma- I don't know. Yeah. Are I, you alleging just, a, a y'all conspiracy? Is there a, I don't, a y'all conspiracy? I'm just saying that like, I think we have to be careful with all that stuff. I think that there's some stuff that's interesting and worth celebrating about Southern culture and everything that comes along with that. But also when it's, I feel like it can, it can be, it's not necessarily divorced from its ugly past because I think like, you know, people like, you know, we've talked about this a little bit on the show with like the sort of uh, bitter Southerner, like sort of, uh, you know, college football and Coca-Cola-fication with peanuts of like American culture. I think that there's always this sort of like nice liberal intent that says, you know, um, we're we're going to carry on the traditions of the Geechee people of the South Carolina low country, uh-huh. right? We're going to keep these heirloom seeds in rotation and we're going to serve them at, you know, these restaurants and all this stuff. And it's like, 
But like what they don't tell you about all those like James Beard award winning like high tone southern restaurants is like the the descendants of the Geecha people are the ones washing the dishes for seven bucks an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where's their James Beard award? You know that's yeah. I, that's what I don't like about it is like why does like all this stuff that's worth talking about that's really interesting have to be mediated through a sort of, uh, you know, celebrity chefs at, like, restaurants that are, like, prohibitively expensive for, like, normal-ass people to eat at. And and I'm a hypocrite, too, because I love the Husks and all the, you know, the Sean Brock restaurants and all that shit, too. But, I mean, it's worth, worth mentioning. Yeah. I, I just think it's very fascinating that, again, I, I guess, is y'all a pronoun? Yeah, I guess it would be. I mean, uh, it it is interesting. I mean... It's it makes sense. It is um, rational, seeing as how like pronouns are this thing that's in the discourse that like conservatives want to talk about apparently. Um, but there are also all kinds of other like there is you all, like you said. There's yins and stuff. It's it's just weird that y'all has become the the sort of pivot around which all that discourse occurs. I, well, I think what what Tom's saying about it being overly romanticized because it uh, influential, cool, innovative people, or at least who a certain group thinks are innovative and cool. Like the minute that that the stuff's adopted by them, then people want to get on the train of it. And it's it's funny that it's a word that uh, we're talking about getting on the train of, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, regardless, right. I... Not I, a cause or, like, a... When, like, yeah. six years ago, would you have heard this? No. Right. I think what's funny for me is the the speed at which things flip from, like, I'm going to make fun of you for this to, to cool, and it's an inclusive pronoun. Because, uh, Terrence, you're not from Kentucky. You're from um, Texas. Or, yeah, uh, New, Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever been to Florence in northern Kentucky? I've not. Well, I've okay. seen. I've seen. <laughs> Tom knows exactly where I'm going with this. Let me tell you a story about Florence. Okay, when my mom was, I don't know, I forget, maybe in college, maybe in high school, or whatever. There's a water tower in Florence, and they put on it Florence Mall because there's a mall right there. Oh, and oh, wow. Then the city was like, you know what? You can't do that. That's advertising. Uh-huh. Um, this needs to be a neutral you know wording whatever so they change it to florence y'all and back then that was the the funniest tackiest (laughs) like people could not believe it people hated it it's controversial it's a scandal yeah it's it it, it genuinely was like people were like this is tacky we're being a stereotype da 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 i can't remember my mom saying that now she thinks it's funny but now Florence has a a baseball team like I don't know what degree minor baseball team and they are the Florence y'alls so that just shows you like it went full circle now everyone is embracing it you know so it's just interesting that it's something that was so I don't want to say the the word offensive but it was I don't know necessarily if it was embraced it was kind of like a Hooters t-shirt it's like you know delightfully tacky yet refined unrefined yes (laughs) what it makes me I think that's tr- I think that's true. It, I think you probably you went to U of L, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you probably experienced some degree of this. I would say we're we're probably close to the same age. But like when I was, and I've said this on the show before, but when I was in college, like if I met somebody from 
Florence or, you know, they went to Highlands or somewhere, they would always say, oh, I'm from Cincinnati. But then when it became cool to be like a, you know, a dainty Southern belle or like, you know, a rough-hewn, you know, Southern boy or whatever, they were from Kentucky again. That probably happened like, you know, toward the end of my third senior year or something like that. (laughs) But... uh, yeah, it's it's that's interesting. I, when did that? When did they put Florence y'all on the water tower? Do you remember? I don't know. I I think my mom. My mom always told me the story as if it happened like when she was in college, but maybe that's not true. Okay, um, so it's been a while. Or maybe that's just me misremembering it. I'm not sure. But for me, the Cincinnati thing is still true. Um, yeah. My friends who are from Northern Kentucky. Well, you know, although I think maybe now more than ever, it's a clarification thing. So when we're in LA, if I had friends who were from Northern Kentucky, they'd say Cincinnati because it's like if you're from Chicago and well, that makes but you're actually from two hours away, yeah, yeah, you right, know. Right, yeah, yeah, but I don't. I do. I know what you're talking about. I've seen that too. Yeah. Um, for me, like I'll say I'm from Kentucky. I mostly grew up in uh, in Indiana, in truly the middle of nowhere, and I would say Kentucky, and I still do because my whole family's from here. I went to school here. Like, I've lived here a long time um, because I just didn't want to be from Indiana <laughs> because that small town was like, oh. Where'd you grow up at? Like, Floyd's Rising Knobs? Sun, Indiana. Oh, okay. it, it is the, the thing that um, always gets a big laugh out of the L.A. crowd is that I tell them that there are, are literally more cows than people in Rising Sun, Indiana, and we had um, one four-way stop sign. So, <laughs> so okay, so that you're, was what you're out there. Um, well, <clears throat> where I'm going with this is that it seems like it kind of feels like articles like this are sort of supposed to be a kind of like culture jamming thing. Like I think, and I, I don't disagree with, I don't feel one way or the other about this, but it feels very much like they're trying to, by calling it like um, a kind of gender neutral thing, right? They are trying to ascribe a political substance or content to it. Again, I don't feel one way or the other about that. Like language is language, and people are gonna are gonna use it, whatever. But I can see a scenario where in the future, Republicans, like conservatives in the South, start picking up on that, and they don't want to use that word anymore. So they're going to start, like, they're going to have to start consciously changing their own <laughs> vernacular and going out of their way to not say it. Yeah, Lindsey Graham's going to sound real weird weird saying you all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's uh, interesting, interesting development. Um, well, okay, so the next thing I wanted to move on to, this was something we talked about on a few episodes we had not followed up on. And I think the audience deserves an update on this, on these brave, these brave men. Um, this is the story about. This has been like the thing is, it's like you know, this has been over memed. It's been memed to death, you know, and people don't want to talk about it anymore because they they've already given up on the true fight, on the true faith, and the cause. But I'm not giving up on these on these guys. Like this is my cause, celeb. This is the, you know, the weights and walleyes guys, like the fishermen, the cheating fishermen. <laughs> um, so they, there is a, <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw this, <clears throat> but they were charged with cheating. 
Like, that is a crime. You can actually be charged with cheating, apparently. In the law? Like, by the law? By the law. They're charged with cheating? (laughs) Or is this, like, by the laws of, like, the Northern Ohio uh, Anglers Association? Or are you talking about, like, the state of Ohio, actually? I think it was the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. They charged them with felony charges of cheating, attempted grand theft, possessing criminal tools, and misdemeanor charges of unlawfully owning wild animals. Those are some heavy-ass charges. A, wh- okay, I didn't know you could get hit with a cheating charge. Uh, B, How do they unlawfully own wild animals? The walleyes that they cut up to put great question, the, inside Tom. the... Maybe. Probably, right? Because they, they had them and they fed them and they got them real fat before, right? Mm-hmm. And then they put them back. Maybe those fish were <laughs> illegal fish. And then also, I didn't know you could be charged with criminal tool possessing criminal tools. What is a criminal tool? That. Not an AK-47. I'll tell you that. That's totally fine. <laughs> um. That's so funny because, like, you even when uh, all of the basketball, uh, college basketball, FBI charges came down, like cheating was obviously nowhere in there. That yeah. they could never. Yeah, it, <laughs> right. was, it was like wire fraud, you know, that kind of stuff. Like defrauding yeah. American taxpayers, I think, was like what they were hanging it all on. But me yeah. too. Like I was like. What is so punitive about this? And also, it's always went on. <laughs> you know, when I was at Moorhead, we there we paid kids to like like during their visits. You know, we give them like five thousand, six thousand bucks, and take them to Buffalo Wild Wings and shit for like a commitment. <laughs> that happened at you know the lowest rungs of the Ohio Valley Conference. So God only knows what you know, <laughs> Cal and the boys were doing. Right. Um. Well, the best part about this story, the absolute best part, like. My dudes are continuing to fight the good fight. They have pleaded not guilty. They like it's on camera. It's like they they're caught on camera and they're like, "No." Nah. Now you got Now you got me fucked up. I love that. It's like, "No. No, we're fucking innocent." See what had happened is somebody else came and fattened those fish up and we just happened to catch the fattened up fish. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah, it's, it's a you know. I just I thought it, it it's topical. It's good. It's you know, like no one. But like I said, everybody's given up on them and uh, De- defiant in the face of being dead to rights. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's the Tom Sexton method. Just deny, deny, deny. That's what my lawyer Daniel Dotson said one time. He said he had a paternity case <laughs> with this couple, and he said that. Um, you know, um, he had had the guy in there, and like they got the paternity results back, and the wife, the guy's wife, was like really mad at him for like cheating on her and all this stuff. And paternity results came back zero point zero 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 one two three four five percent chance that you're the father of this child. And like his wife, he'd already confessed to his wife his infidelity and all that stuff, and she was like smacking him in the head. And Daniel says, "Come here, ma'am. Let me just talk to my client for a second. He dispensed the eternal wisdom to his client that day, and it was, "Sir, listen. I don't care what circumstances. I don't care if she walked in on you doing it. By God, tell her you were sleepwalking." <laughs> 
It so. wasn't me. Exactly. There's a, there's a song written about this. This is true, yes. That Deny true. till you die is the mm-hmm. time-tested strategy. I didn't know that paternity test... I thought it was just like a yes or no. I didn't know it was a... <laughs> you can be like a 0, zero, zero point two. It, it, I, thought, I thought that was weird, too. It's like There's like a minuscule chance you could still be like the father. <laughs> I guess that's why we're all, you know, we're all cousins or whatever. Right. right. Or why we're all... Related to like Genghis Khan, aren't we? Like we like isn't half the world descended of Genghis Khan? Yeah, or every person alive today is a direct blood descendant of Genghis Khan, Nefertiti, and Confucius. Could you imagine if he had been alive during the scientific like technology of paternity tests? Like that would be his whole job. <laughs> he would just be fielding. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he wouldn't have time to pillage and plunder. <laughs> he would just be sweating those paternity suits all the time. What are the, what's that thing where you put you do the DNA and it's you know what I'm talking about twenty three and me or something twenty three yeah. and me yeah imagine it's twenty three and me right gosh <laughs> well he's <laughs> fucking up for everyone else right yeah you're right um okay <laughs> Genghis Khan just swearing up and down he's like part Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, all right. So this is the last story I wanted to cover today. Um, the 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 real meat of this episode. Why we wanted to have you on, Haley. Um, this is a story about. It's about many people, but ultimately, it's about John Calipari. <laughs> ultimately, it. it uh, there are many characters in this story, but it is about one man and his quest for his own identity for his own lineage and genealogy um so it it all started there's a story in the new york times um they have like a sports magazine now i think it's called the athletic the athletic was a an independent sports publication and they worked by a subscription model so you, they had a bunch of investors and they basically banked on the fact that one day that they would either become profitable or from subscriptions or get bought and they got bought by the New York Times last year. I see. Oh, okay. 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 That's a, Yeah, that, I, I had occasion. I think Kyle Tucker writes for The Athletic, right? I think yes, and he's the one who wrote this article. He's the one that, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so this, this story is about um, this guy, this guy in Pike County, Kentucky. He is a coal miner. Um, and he went to, I guess, let's see, the Kentucky's blue-white scrimmage in Pikeville. Um, and I guess he had, like, sat in the front row. This is kind of an interesting story because, like, when I saw it, it kind of had, like, a predictive programming aspect to it. It kind of felt like a meme come to life in a way. Like a boomer, this is, like, a real-life boomer meme come (laughs) to life. And plenty of boomers were actually posting it. Like it came across. Like I think even my mom sent it to me. Like, look at this some real American hero. Uh, well, it's it. It also kind of calls back a bit to what we were talking about about the y'all culture for sure too. It's like the University of Kentucky athletics is like a late adopter of y'all culture, but now they're catching up this season. <laughs> yeah. Cal himself is also you know catching up, um, and uh, and so yeah, this this coal miner he had gone to the game, um like covered in coal dust and sat in the front row with his kid and someone snapped a photo of it which i think is 
kind of like bad taste anyway. Like I I don't know. I feel like my hard line on posting like you can post anything, but I I just I hate it when people take photos of other people and they're like check this out. Um, but uh, anyways, like this this photo went viral of this coal miner sitting in the you know front row with his kid and um and then I guess eventually coach Cal saw it and his heart was warmed like he 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 saw it and he was like that is what is the essence of what I'm trying to do at the University of Kentucky um so he called the definitely the essence of what Cal's (laughs) trying to do at the University of Kentucky for sure one thousand (laughs) percent um he called the guy's wife. He didn't call the guy. He called the guy's wife, which I'm a little like, I mean. He got called the boss, buddy. He know that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he, he slid into this guy's wife's DMs and was like, yo, I saw your, I saw your mans at the game. And, um, and, I, and then I think that she like, or he offered the family – like free tickets, right? Mm-hmm. To the game, to um, a game of their choice. To a, okay, to a game of their choice. Um, so this is what Cal said. Cal Perry said on Tuesday that when he saw the picture of McGuire, the coal miner, he said, "quote It hit me right between the eyes." Um, we know th- the power of basketball in our state. He wanted to be there so bad that he was willing to leave without showering. So like, I got to stop him right there. Like. Okay, if that's your criteria for being a hero. <laughs> I could also tell Cal's <laughs> not spent a ton of time in the coal-bearing counties. <laughs> or just just with anybody. I mean, I, I'm a hero. I've gone to plenty of games without showering. Like, yeah. where the fuck I are my... I smell bad right now, coach. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, Cal said, you're bringing light to a good man, a hardworking Kentuckian, a coal miner who does everything to care for his family. But this is the part that was um, interesting. Let's see if I can find this part about, um, he called the, the guy's wife. They spoke for about half an hour, Cal Perry sharing how his own grandfather was a coal miner. He said he passed Cal before Cal was old enough to experience any of that, but said, I wanted to know what I came from. So he actually went into a mine with the crew. I didn't know that Cal Perry went into a coal mine. The, the Calipari, the classic Calipari in the coal mine. <laughs> this is a... It's you, you have to, like, team... Coaches always look for something to make a metaphor to inspire their uh, players, but, yeah, this was a, this was a Calipari <laughs> one. That is a very interesting metaphor, right? Usually they pick the military. Usually they go straight Coach K, but you've got a couple archetypes. You've got, like, the military guy, Coach K. Uh-huh. Religion coach, Dabo. The combination religion military, which is like your Jim Harbaugh, uh-huh. and you've got Coach Cal, who you who actually has. Trust me, I know. I worked at a Louisville radio station in college. So many metaphors for everything. Well, this team's a train. This is dun, 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 dun. you know. What I mean, I had to sift through that shit. My favorite, my favorite. This isn't socialism. <laughs> and he, well, yeah, socialism. I'm like, sir, you ran a platoon system. What do you mean this isn't socialism? And then also, he said, um. What was he say? He said communism about something, but it wasn't playing time. About when he uh he wanted the he said they should be able to get loans. So yeah. he was on the right path. He's like these players should be able to get loans, but this isn't communism. Oh, Not everyone yeah. can get a loan. 
<laughs> I love when he just when he said that. I was like, I don't know if there's anything more socialism than being a former UK basketball player, where like the worst that the, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is there, somebody's just going to pay you like way more money than they should to sell cars. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I exactly. like Don Jacobs, huh? right? I also like the association with loans and communism. Yeah. <laughs> that hallmark of communism loans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> I love how he said it too because it's how he says a lot of stuff I, the communism one was like well guess what it's not communism he'll always do that <laughs> well guess what it's not socialism but yeah he uh, in the archetypes he, he doesn't fit any of those definitely I don't think he's a, he's definitely not a military guy there's also the misplaced anger guy um, who, which who I think like that's like Nick Saban, where he's just mad yeah. as fuck all the time. Um, but also, I would argue that's Coach K. But yeah. Cal is like, I'm the cool dad. He you know is. what I mean? That's he, him. Yeah. He is. There's also I, there's also like the grooming guy, Jim Jordan. That guy was like a a coach and a wrestling coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. Lest we forget the groom. <laughs> There's levels of dads. There's the cool dad. There's the like grooming. Um, maybe you shouldn't look into this as a father figure dad. And then there's the like, I am the, this is actually probably the majority of, of coaches in college, which is like they're the dad, like the father figure is uh. how they see themselves. And they, it's any coach who gets a little bit too comfortable talking about how he took these players out of their situations. Right. But yeah, Cal's the cool dad. So, um, he finds metaphors everywhere, but I I do remember the coal mining thing, um, because he also said he he wasn't sure at the time what coal mine it was, but then he's also said that he went into the coal mine that he his his uh, grandpa worked in, and he said it. I read this this article uh, when Tom sent it, and he, I mean you know it's just kind of like word vomit when you're having press conferences. When you read the actual transcripts, they don't necessarily make sense. But he's talking about something totally different. And then he comes back and he's like, you know, my grandpa, like I went in the mines. And then he starts talking about something different. So I think he's proud. Of, you know, he's proud of his heritage. Yeah. It's like, well, the, the connective tissue, too, between like I would say Cal's analog in football is Nick Saban. And they're both the grandsons of West Virginia coal miners. And I think both Italian. Maybe maybe Saban's like Serbian or something. Saban, okay, I was going to say, it could be like Sabini or something. That could be that. Sabini. Yeah, or it could be like Mansion, like one of those Anglicized Italian names, too. Are you taking that basic, are you, like, just from recruits and, uh, or are you saying personality-wise you think that they are? No, not personality-wise, they're way different, I think. I think I would say that, like, you know, college basketball, it would be like a two-horse race between Kentucky and Duke. One might say Coach K. One might also be deluded. But one might say Coach K would be Nick Saban's analog in college basketball. And, you know, there's an argument to be made there. But This where's is Bobby my Knight? podcast, damn it. Where's, where's Bobby Knight fall in? That's, uh, you know, he moved to Lubbock, which is where I was born. And, uh, and I always respected that. I was like, anybody He's- who would willingly move here? <laughs> He's very high in the misplaced anger category. Ah, He's I probably see. the yeah <laughs> the patron saint. The first, yeah, the patron saint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also mixed with military guy too a little bit. So right. they call him Was the he? general, right? I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess I didn't really know that much about him. I just the, it's just the clips of him like throwing shit in the stories uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah. That's so tight. Just throwing shit. Um, Nick Saban's Italian. Maybe could be Serbian. Oh, I think. Okay. He's. <laughs> I'm not going to. Not an Italian to that. son of a bitch. 
Let me see. Isn't that what they said? Who said that about Cal? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, John Chaney, <laughs> the old Temple coach. <laughs> um, Let's see what Nick Saban's. Yeah, look, is. I, I do like that. Calipari does seem to imply that he is ethically or ethnically coal miner. He's like, you know, I'm Italian, but my true heritage is coal mining. That is. Uh, I also like him saying like I, he didn't know what coal mining is. It's like it's it's pretty self-explanatory, man. You just get the rock from the ground. <laughs> okay, we're 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 all off. Sabin is Croatian. Ah, uh, so not not <laughs> that far off if from the Serbian thing, but still. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Well, I I don't know. I think this is kind of dangerous. I think Cal's kind of walking a a, a dangerous line here because, I mean, I feel like. I could easily see a situation. Well, first of all, he's setting a precedent, right? Like whoever comes after Cal is going to have to also be like a sixth generation coal miner. It's going to be a job requirement. Like when they post the job on indeed.com, yeah. like Nick Saban's going to be the only qualified candidate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, second of all, I feel like this kind of invites, like if I'm looking at this, as a UK fan, which I'm not, I'm a hilltopper, right? So I'm not, my mind's not working in that direction. <laughs> Mid-major <But>, guy. <laughs> right. But if, but if I'm looking at that, this as a UK fan, I feel like rationally, all you got to do to get some free tickets is go to a game dressed as like your profession and sitting in the front row. And I mean, you, you could have hordes of people, like you could have chefs or like chimney sweeps. They're going to be covered in soot. They'll have the like the thing with them. I well, think uh, some kind of of uh, material coverage is necessary for them to deem it blue collar. I'm not saying it's true, but if you're a chef and you go in there and you're not covered in food, <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna like spaghetti like, sauce. All yeah, spaghetti. You. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it, Con- you, content creators, we like talk, and there's like the little like digital <laughs> artifacts of Zoom. <laughs> right, comes out. You know, yeah. it's all over us. Scars of industry. <laughs> We're like. You could have like the bomb from Looney Tunes blow up in your face, and that would put black <laughs> soot on your face. And Did you all have a problem with the, the, um, the soot? Them saying soot, like it, it where you know it's like not technically right. When you come out of a coal, it's it's coal dust. Yeah, it's cold dust. It's, it's cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys had a problem. I saw on the internet had a big problem with that. They did. There was well, discourse like a around subsection. soot. Yeah, they were oh, like, it's not soot, it's coal shit. dust. That's awesome. Yeah. Get it straight, well, Kyle like Tucker. To, I love I like meaningless. The, yeah, he did. He's the one who put it. And I was like, wow, that's very interesting. Cal's the one who I put soot? You're from here. Or no, the writer? Uh, yeah. Oh. But it wouldn't surprise me with Cal. Um, I think, and I'm sorry to say this, Tom, but Terrence, maybe you can give him God, more. getting ganged up on that. Mm. Does him kind of pandering to bringing it up for the past, you know, I'm connected to you guys. Like I've always been this way. Is Cal not a little y'all starry in this moment? Uh, he definitely is. And I, and I have a theory as to why he is. Okay. okay. Cause he's otherwise people won't shut the fuck up about firing him. Here's what I, well, I think that's part of it, but here's <laughs> what I think too. I mean, We've laid two eggs in a row, right? We had the disastrous nine-win season, then book ended with, you know, last year getting beat out in the first round embarrassingly. And I think 
really what a lot of this is is there was a shift with everybody like loving Cal and all this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people, and this probably happened to Patino too for a lot of the same reasons. A slick talking Italian Northeasterner, blah, 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 blah. But bitch. as long as they're winning, you know, <laughs> making Final Fours, winning titles, hanging banners, whatever, it's all good. But I think really this what the switch happened is, and I'm not saying that, oh, everybody from, you know, he likes to say from Paducah to Pikeville is just like casually racist. But I think there's a lot of people that haven't forgiven him for letting the nine-win bad team take the knee after the George Floyd protests. Oh, yeah, That's when a lot of the anti-cow rhetoric really ramped up mm. big time all over the state. So is that why and he's doing his... I think it's part of it. I think part of it is he's never been truly able to like get that sort of, uh, you know, the thin blue line guys back in the fold and all that kind of stuff. Because you know, everybody knows, and I'm sure Haley knows. There's like two types of UK fans. You have the like, we got to give the boys a chance. Then we have like the hyper negative UK fans that nothing's ever good enough for. <laughs> and I'm I'm rebranding this year as a hyper negative UK fan. Wow. We, we're going to win 40 games or something. <laughs> I'm just going to be saying it's not good enough for me. So I think a lot of this has to do with trying to bring those people back in the fold, especially after, like, you know, he's made all kinds of sort of brain-dead stuff. Like, you know, the the like the little joke that went viral about him losing his Rolex before the, the game. The white lucky Rolex. Right. Yeah, I remember that. It's like, oh, yeah, that's relatable. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, give it to them. Literally, let them have it. What the hell? Let them yeah. break it up. You're the highest paid public employee in the state of Kentucky. You coach a game. Yeah. You know, and then, like, that's, you know, like, oh, that's what I'm going to, that's how, that's how I'm going to relate to, you know, one of the poorest states in the country. I'm going to tell them I lost my $25,000 watch in my couch cushion somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> See, the Hilltopper fan base, we have a, uh, we ours is a diverse um, coalition of many different types of fans. There's at least twenty or twenty two different Hilltopper types of fans. So um, <laughs> some are at the top, some are in the middle, and some that's are right. down on the the bottom of the hill. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's right. a division there. I think what's interesting is like UK as a whole too has. I don't know. I just don't. I, again, like this is from a, an outside definitely biased perspective but the idea of it being like the uh, we embody the blue collar you know um people with our like uh university and the mentality of our university how it fits um is interesting because you've got the little gestures like the you also, do you still use the uh whistle on the third down oh, the, the, yeah 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 the cold whistle the cold, yeah the cold whistle but then there's also um <laughs> Just like literally right in front of you, isn't the, isn't the workout center called the Joe Craft Center? Yeah, the Joe Craft Center, who is yeah, one of the biggest coal barons in the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think so also it's not like there's not ties, but I don't know if it necessarily has ever felt like an embodiment. Sorry, what were you gonna say, Terrence? I was gonna say I think he was also responsible for that massive fucking hole in the middle of Lexington, wasn't he, Tom? Isn't that Joe Craft? Well, that was the Webb brothers who are oh, from gotcha. Whitesburg. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, and who we refer to as the Webb brothers, even though one of them died forty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> still a unit still, he still, lives on right yeah uh-huh so but yeah i think all this and too the other thing that kind of drives me nuts about the whole like he's covered in coal dust or or soot for the uninitiated 
uh, is back before you really had the war on coal rhetoric ramp up where you saw the black license plates all over the state, you know, like coal keeps the lights on, friends coal, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Back at Whitesburg, if you were to go to Childers Oil Company, BP after a shift, they would ask you to leave if you were covered in coal dust. Like, go home and shower and come back. There were signs on the door. You know what I mean? Fast forward 10 years ago when it's like politically expedient to bring all these people into your coalition for the right-wingers, it's, oh, no, this is like, it's like kind of like what Cal's doing. Oh, this is in this amazing. He didn't even have time to go home and shower. And people forget that. People forget that, like, for the longest time, like, coal miners were looked at as, like, well, you know, they they are the peons that we think they are and blah, 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 blah. And now it's like there's, like, this, like, valorization of them that kind of reaches, you know, in some ways, <laughs> like, you know, military status kind of or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100. Well, and it's also interesting because when you look at the relationship today, I don't necessarily know that if, if you're from what's the right way to say this if you're trying to show hey i embrace this i don't know that you're necessarily uh doing it the right way like when you sent me that i googled i just tried to google it on a different i i ran out of my new york times uh Uh, free articles you know monthly free articles so i tried to google it um a different way to like find you know an alternative and what came up was the the a recap of the big blue caravan where they like tour, they go tour around Kentucky sometimes, yeah, yeah. the basketball team. And there was a picture on this one because I just thought it was interesting. It like came up under coal mine. And uh, it had some guys who were coaches or something from the team, like in ties going down in the mine <laughs> and saying stuff like, this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Oh, shit. And you go to the comments and they're like, once in a lifetime, this is my fucking life. You know, and so all right. the comments are, are upset and they're like, uh, like, oh, and you guys visit a hospital next? Good. Like, those are the two places you need to go then. So it, I don't know necessarily if like them embracing it um, is really the way. It's a, it's a, thin line between embracing the fact that that somebody is is working hard and um probably has to do this job or you know it's just the job that he has right now and like actually embracing what it does to them or the role it plays yeah right yeah totally and and a lot of it is like not necessarily pandering to the coal miners although i mean there's sort of a political component to that but a lot of it is just the long-standing tradition of UK basketball coaches pandering to the cold bosses. I know when when you had asked me to call them Spencers, that's a story I've told on this show before. Like back in the day, like all these cold bosses, in my case, PM Hogg from Whitesburg would have, you know, Sam Bowie, Mel Turpin, a lot of these guys in the '80s and stuff, come and do these little bullshit jobs. You know, so basically so they could kind of show them off to their like, you know, Cole Baron buddies or whatever. But part of it was like a way that at the time they could put money in these kids pockets without, you know, drawing the ire of the NCAA. And this has never really even been brought up. And I confess up front, it's possibly apocryphal. But Sam Bowie being the biggest bust in NBA history may have to do with getting injured in PM Hogg's coal mine. When uh, they were riding a three-wheeler and it flipped and dinner bell Mel Turpin fell on his leg. I mean, he did, literally did fall out of almost immediately because of leg issues. Yeah. Yeah. And maintains to this day that he never, uh, like, just 
disclose any information from the Blazers, which is not really something that someone was accusing him of doing. So, right. Pretty and suspicious. also, like, you'd think a team doctor would pick up on that, too. Or something. But maybe 80s NBA, they didn't really vet them that time. It's a wild time. Yeah, everyone was coked out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. the, the whole story, though, is it's, it is interesting just in terms of, like, you know, the, the coal industry, even though it's sort of, like, on the wane and sort of on its last legs, still has, like, a wholesale sponsorship of the U.K. basketball team. And, you know, maybe that will change in the not-too-distant future as, like, you know, the Joe Craft Center is sort of to hear Cal and all his buddies tell it is, like, out of date and basically, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) derelict or whatever you want to say it is. And, like, they need all these new facilities and whatever, whatever. And I don't know. Maybe these guys don't really have the coffers to (laughs) – you know, or maybe uh, one of Cal's, you know, that you know that he'll never let you forget twenty seven guys he's put in the NBA since he's been there can uh, foot the bill for it or something. But right. I don't know. Maybe it'll be called the the uh, you know the Devin Booker Carl Towns uh, Coal Lodge before. Not the Anthony but. Davis one. Not at this rate. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, I'm still set a screen, dude. <laughs> I'm still trying to think of professions that might get me free tickets um but that would also galvanize like you could dress up as a russian soldier and they might actually think you're ukrainian and i don't know what the bit would ukrainian is the better bet man just you wrap yourself in the flag and be like i came straight i came straight from from the war i am the ghost of kiev <laughs> Come on, son. Right, right up here to the box. <laughs> you could do like in medieval times when they put you in the what do they call that thing? The stock or whatever. Yeah. I, you could do yeah, that. The, the the guillotine. It's like the no wait. The guillotine was when they cut yeah, your head off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like okay. the stocks is when they throw tomatoes. They throw tomatoes. You. Okay, so not as high stakes. Yeah, yeah. I, I. You could do that floor side. <laughs> you could. <be. laughs> Like that—that's a hard-working man right there. He's a hard... I came from the town square. I don't even have time to shower. Look at him; he's been publicly disgraced. Come on, son, have some free refereeing ice cream. Uh-huh. Or talk- somebody's just standing there feeding it to you. You can be tarred and feathered, like look like Joe Pesci on Home Alone. Like there, there, there we go. I'm just having this mental image of coming into the Trillbilly's office and kind of catching the peak in the back and I just see like red fuzz in the back and I'm like, what the fuck was that? And I go back there and it's Terrence in the, like, the red grimace WKU like mascot. He's like, wait man, it's not what it looks like. Uh, just so shamed that he is actually the Hilltopper. Uh-huh. That's, I want to go to the game as the Hilltopper mascot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a hardworking man. Like, I work as the Hilltopper's mascot. <laughs> I'm a UK fan, but my job is the hilltopper. <laughs> is the hilltopper mascot. I'm a top. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Talk about like changing narratives, like the y'all and stuff. I bet the hilltoppers were not ready for top and bottom to become no <laughs> used no. so often in pop culture. But they I should, hope they take advantage of it. They should. I think they should embrace it. 
Uh, yeah, it's yeah, not like, like in a fun like we're all lgbtq friendly way i hope they're like we only support tops here you right. cannot be a bottom well, and so, be a fan of the hilltoppers that's the thing that earlier i said there are many different types of hilltoppers fans i was lying there really are only two types of <laughs> hilltoppers fans there's the tops but then there's the insurgent bottoms and they're like they're like we're gonna we're they're negative about it but like they're like we're gonna take this shit over yeah, one yeah. night a year they do bottoms night, and everybody's the hill bottoms, you know. And they bring the pride flag out and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, all right. Well, um, Haley, thanks so much for joining us today. You get y'all have anything else you would like to uh, put into the the you know the stew? We just <laughs> a, 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 I... a, a Venmo or Cash App link for <laughs> for the unemployed among us. <laughs> Actually, yeah. My Venmo is at Haley or something. Um, also Twitter, right? It's also your Twitter yes. handle. Uh, yeah. I made that when I was in like seventh grade and I just figured no one would be able to find me if, it, if I was at O'Shaughnessy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want when they go to that game, uh, he gives them tickets because I think they said Tennessee, UK, which is a while away. That's like what when do you, when do you guys do conference That's conference like February, play, like, right? late january yeah Something late january like february i really hope that cal and him get a picture together and someone can caption it we dug coal together <laughs> oh my god that's all i want out of this experience oh <laughs> uh, shit hell yeah <laughs> yeah oh. all right also i think you guys should title this one uh my my granddaddy worked in the Van Leer coal mine. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Cal is the coal miner's great, 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 great granddaughter, grandson. Like, he is like, yeah. he's the Loretta Lynn. That's the thing you were talking about types of coaches. He's the Loretta Lynn. Right. Coaches. Actually, there's another one. It's the Loretta Lynn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about Got that. Got married one. to like a 55 year old, left home, became very <laughs> <Yeah>. successful. <laughs> He got saved gr- a fan- yeah. he married inadvertently it. saved a black pilot. That's actually Cal. <laughs> Cal did all of that, and he just doesn't talk about it because he's got a really humble lineage. So right, that's right. That's yeah. right. Totally forgot about you that. You know, I will say this about Cal though, and this is this is just a, my little dig of Coach K and everything. It's like you know they they compare these two guys or whatever, and really a lot is just recruiting success, right? Because I mean, if we're just being honest, I mean. You know, Coach K is technically the guy. But one thing that I hate is that, like, Coach K gets to, like, fashion himself as this, like, you know, like, great leader of men, you know, and, like, molding great young minds like Corey Maggette, you know. And Cal's got to be, like, the, you know, the slick, like, you know, used car salesman piece of shit by comparison. And come on, like all these guys have been paying players way before the NIL and all that kind of stuff. And that's like, you know what I mean? Like if you've worked in college basketball a day or have any proximity to it, you know, like everybody's been cheating for time immemorial, you know, even before the NIL. So it's like, right. So why, why punish two honest fishermen in Ohio? Why? I mean, (laughs) that's where I was going with this. Yeah. (laughs) Justice, justice for them. I think that, uh, the one thing that you'll always have that I hope history doesn't rewrite, that it's already rewriting a little bit, is that nobody ever has fucking liked Coach K. 
And before, mm. when did you watch that Dream Team document, the Redeem Team documentary uh, um, on Netflix? Before he took over the the Olympics team, there were a lot of people who were like, "I'm really nervous. Like he's an asshole. No one likes him. How's he gonna get these guys to like him? How, by the way, he like brought in a military guy who was <laughs> injured." There we go. During his service. And, and like, D-Wade was obsessed with it. It was really interesting to see because um, this was, like, 2006, 2007, 2008. But uh, you would always rather be trapped in a car going to Florida with Coach Cal than Coach K, even me. Wow, that's... That's that's a big that's a big thing for a cards fan to admit, and we'll wow. just we'll just uh, caption that with no context, <laughs> put it out there for everybody to see. Hey, thank you so much for that closing closing bit of wisdom. Um, all right, well, yes, thank you, Haley, for coming on this week. Uh, yes. Go check out Haley on Twitter, Venmo. And, uh, and nowhere else. <laughs> and nowhere else. That is. Yeah, don't be looking nowhere else. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah, yeah. You could go to the UK game, sit front row, unemployed. There you go. Hardworking American <laughs> hero right oh, now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks for listening this week, everybody. If you would like more Trillbillies content, please go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. The, there's some good shit over there. This past week, we came up with some good ass fucking solutions to, you know, problems. <laughs> some problems that didn't really exist before we brought them up. But <laughs> you know that uh, you know you you want to go check those out. So please go to Patreon and subscribe, and uh, we will see you over there on Sunday. Till next time, peace out. <laughs>